0: Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Oh, I just can't get that picture of Stephen Gerrard walking out of the Etihad, you know, wearing that Liverpool jersey underneath the suit. A bit like Superman, Claire Ken, Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB
1: Sports app. Friday Night Racing. On Off The Ball. And off. Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie.
2: And you're very welcome along to this week's edition of Friday Night Racing It's Ger and Johnny with you every Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock across OTB's social channels You can get us on YouTube, Facebook and on Periscope on Twitter Periscope doesn't exist anymore, that's uh, how old that is Feel no old Johnny Yeah how many, how many social media platforms have you seen come and go? Uh, were you a, were you a Bebo person?
3: No um, Yeah, how long, how long is Bebo? How long was Bebo around now? I mean, I don't know. Are we better off in, for social media in our lives? Are we on Napster? I was on Napster, yeah. Napster, Napster was the good old days. That's when, yeah, back when musicians could actually earn a few bob for their craft, whereas now it's kind of, you know, they're all on Spotify earning very, very little, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, so a slight tangent there at the start of this week's edition of Friday Night <laughs> Racing. Old. Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie you can follow the Twitter account at racing. The hashtag is everyracingmoment. Around about the time? I mean, it's not that not that long ago, is it? it uh, I think Aidan O'Brien's success in the classics predates Napster.
3: Yeah, 25 years. Napster was... Yeah, I, da- I doubt Aidan O'Brien was on Napster. Uh, you anyway, won't be able to ask him. It is Guineas weekend at uh, the
2: Curra. It's the first Irish classics of the season, obviously. It's 25 years since Desert King won the 2000 Guineas, which gave Aidan O'Brien his first classic, which obviously cemented him... Uh, as Well, it was the start, really, of the incredible career that he's put together since then. But it also was kind of the signifying, OK, that torch has been passed from yeah. um, Vincent O'Brien. T- to talk to us about that career and put some context on that, I'm delighted to say Leo Powell, Managing Editor of the Irish Field, is with us. Leo, good afternoon to you. How are you?
0: Ger,
2: how are you? How are
0: you, Johnny? Good, Leo. I, I'd, I'd be very careful now about platforms you'd ask
3: Johnny he's the been on Jared. it could, <laughs> oh, could
0: get difficult
3: <laughs> that's an interesting start Wow. Um, uh, there we go
0: <laughs> what do you, what I mean, do you know I haven't, we don't I haven't, I haven't seen him for a while so I have
2: to get a dig in <laughs> there you go right listen um, can you can you put context on it so we've got a lot of people who listen to this show who aren't racing aficionados everybody in Irish sport knows that Aidan O'Brien is a genius but can you take us back maybe before twenty five years ago when the, the classic victory started to rack up. Um was it a bit of a left field for him to end up at Ballydoyle in the first place? Or was it kinda did it just make sense when that did happen?
0: No, I think I think it would be fair to say it was left field. Um Uh, I, I funny enough, I remember that classic day very well because at the time, uh, to earn a few quid, I was uh, the Paddock presenter at the Cara, and uh, I distinctly remember um, uh, introducing him because, of course, Desert King was bred up the road at the Irish National Stud. And uh, so it was a a big sort of local success, as such, uh, um, at the time. But uh, I suppose I first came across Aidan, I remember on a Good Friday taking. Um, Bob Buckler, a trainer in England uh, that my brother uh, used to ride for, uh, taking him around Ireland looking for a national hunt horse and uh, one of our stops was in the yard that uh, uh, Aidan was based in uh, his father-in-law's Joe Crowley's yard in Piltown, where of course Joseph is nowadays. And uh, just seeing a few national hunt horses there. I, I, from memory, I think it was probably 1995. Um, but uh, so that was a year before. Now, at that stage, I suppose, he had had Double Symphony and uh, well, That's My Man, where he's kind of two big ones. And you're a bandit the in 1996, one of uh, the uh, Sun Lines uh, at the Novices at Cheltenham. Charlie Swan was riding. so yeah it, uh, you know he was having success for sure but uh, the idea then of going to to dally doyle in 96 uh was a bit left field but i suppose again it was one of those things that showed that insight that uh, john magner had that he could see a raw talent there and uh put him in uh and uh, look at it off across I it i think my last count was about 361 wins um, uh, it, around the world, uh, it's just been phenomenal. When he got to 250 in 2017, uh, I remember putting a tribute in the paper to him and uh, here we are 350 now, uh, or 360. It's just a phenomenal
2: C- Can you take us back? to? Do, do we, did we ever find out from Magner what he thought would end up being the outcome and, and what it was that he spotted in Aidan O'Brien?
0: I don't think we, I, I don't believe we ever really did get that that insight. Um, I, I suppose I mean he had picked the winner, and you know the results uh, spoke for themselves. But it's funny, I you know sort of things that you remember or that I remember. Uh, I remember that day in the yard, um, and it was probably the first time I maybe had a conversation with Aidan that evening, that a good Friday evening, and. One thing that struck me going around the yard was the fact that every single stable we went to passed by, he gave the horse in the stable, We were all looking out over the uh, doors, he gave them a pat on the, the the face or the neck and, you know, sort of, uh, he was very hands-on. Uh, you know, it was something that struck me at the time very much. Um, you know, here's a young man, I, I mean, it wasn't that it was something out of this world but he did it with every horse and you know it was that connection and you know I think when he started training I, you know I do remember some of the, the 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 people maybe steering a bit you know because Aidan was always you know horse's head he was always walking around the ring with them or whatever and you know I remember people thinking a lot of that was a bit for show but it wasn't because that was exactly the kind of person he was and you know, even to this day, I've been lucky enough, I I'm get, i lucky enough to get down to Bally Doyle on occasions. And, uh, you know, it's it's again that absolute connection to the horse. Um, and, you know, maybe that word had got back to to uh, uh, John Magner and partners or whatever, but, you know, they, they definitely saw that, uh, that rough diamond. Uh, they could see, uh, you know, a, a bright emerald stone out of it. We are now all these years later. Which
2: I have have a a lot of questions really about that kind of early, early formative years as well. Like um. So he's training in his father-in-law's yard. At that point, uh, was that was he a dual-purpose trainer from the start? Was was it, or did that start? No,
0: he was. Uh, no, he was national hunt, and of course, you know, don't forget, Anne Marie was champion national hunt trainer before him, and uh, he took over the license from her. And, I mean, that yard has been incredible because uh, Aidan was followed into the yard ultimately by Frances Crowley, who started her career there. She moved up to the Macara. With um, marriage to Pat Small and of course, he's a fantastic trainer as well. So it's, it's a yard that has spawned a huge amount of success, and now, of course, it's going to, to Joseph. Um, so, but no, at the time that that all happened, uh, you know, um, Aiden was uh, fairly established uh, in people's eyes as a, as a national trainer. Um, and don't forget, of course, as well, that he was a pretty decent amateur rider, too. So, and um, yeah, I, I think at that time, if you were the bet where you would end up, it might have been where Willie Mullins is today, but he's on the other side of the
2: fence on the flat side. We're just having a little bit of trouble with your mic there, Leo. We might come back to you in a second, but um, to, to like, Again Johnny For the racing listeners They probably know A good bit of this story But Maybe sometimes we get A little bit complacent About the level of success That we're seeing Like it's a phenomenal level Of sustained ability And it's not just That he's winning And hoovering up titles In Ireland They go and they dominate In England as well
3: Yeah And I, um, Christy Roach Was obviously the rider That day And uh, Christy Roach is, is now himself Retired as a trainer Which kind of shows Aiden's longevity Even though Aidan's in his 50s Aiden Aidan was training um, winners that Christy Roach was riding um, as his first classic winner. Yes, Christy Roach is, is actually retired as a trainer now, and that just goes to show, and Aiden, you know, looks as young as he's ever looked, and Christy Roach is interviewed in the paper today, and he said you could always see see it in him. He was interviewed the Race Post sorry, this week uh, with Rich Farsell. Aidan had no interest other than training horses. I think that's yeah. really, really important because... Um, Lots of trainers you'll hear like they oh they like to celebrate a winner and you know they like to do this Aiden teetotal. Um, not sure. I think there there have been suggestions down the years that he he might have some vague other sporting interests if the TV is on, but effectively, all he wanted to do was be around horses and, you know, in these times of. Uh, the spirituality gone from a religion kind of changing in terms of Irish life. You do wonder, um, was Aidan like something else in a previous life? Cause his his knowledge of horses is just, I I don't think you can teach that. And there's something abstract and magical and special about it. And I think Leo, um, even it sounds like a simple thing to pat every horse, but like most trainers don't really do that, particularly what would become the most successful trainer effectively. Um, we've had. And, uh, He's just—I don't know. There's just something different about him. I guess at that time, as Leo was alluding to, there he didn't necessarily have the CV. He had the CV with National Hunt horses. You often ask people when they come on, Jar, what's the difference in training in National Hunt and flat? And generally, the the answer is usually there isn't actually that much of a difference. But at the same time, for the National Hunt trainer to then go training two-year-olds and to become the the best trainer we've ever had, um, and to be entrusted with uh, cool more, um, money and so on. I don't know, Leo, was it was there a surprise at the time?
0: Sorry to say that again. Was it was a
3: surprise at the time because of his national it, background? It yeah.
0: yeah, no, it definitely was a surprise. I mean, you know, bear in mind as well that he had spent uh, uh, some of his forms of time with Jim Bulger down mm. in Cutland So, you know, he learned from a man who, uh, you know, had had success on, on the flat. Um, now, of course, you know that that academy has produced plenty of people who've been successful under both codes. So I suppose you just learn an awful lot there. And I think that was the thing about um, Aiden. I think he's inquisitive. And I think he, you know, he, funny you enough, know, if you spend time with him, he'll ask you as many questions as you ask him because he, he's keen to know. And I, I know you were saying there about having other interests, but, uh, you know, I, I think from just, you know, having, uh, one-to-one conversations with them at times, I get the I get, you know, you get the impression that really it is all about this, you know, his attention to detail, um occasion to remember being with him in the Jeep and like he spotted something with the two year old that was, I mean, the horse was probably a hundred yards from us or whatever, and he was able to spot something. Uh, while having a conversation with me and you know nothing is missed and um, the, the attention to detail is phenomenal and uh, you know uh, at, at every level I can't it's it's very hard to 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 explain it but I mean he knows every one of those horses uh, and he knows every one of the guys who work there the boys and girls and men and women who ride out. I mean, they'll have 50 horses going out of the loft. Uh, you know, every horse, every rider, you know, and they report to him as they pass by what the horses have done. It it's it really is quite a phenomenal um, uh, thing to watch and to see. And t- for me to be privileged to be able to see it, you've seen it as well, Johnny, on, the, on trips there. Yeah. It's it, it's really, you know, it's hard to, to, to understand um, uh, or maybe ex- express it properly, but I, I, it is just. I suppose you don't get to be the best in the world. You know, of course, he has the material, but you know, Pep Guardiola and Jorgen Klopp have the best material too. You have then, then got to produce it on the on the field and on the racetrack, and you know, to do it at that level on a consistent basis is uh, is really imag is unimaginable. It, this is like. Liverpool or Manchester City winning the Premier every year for twenty years.
3: Yeah, and in in fairness, like Aiden, Aiden started with a it was humble beginnings. It wasn't, you know, and Joseph and Joseph and Donica will, you know, people will definitely say, well, sure, no wonder they're train winners. Like, look, look at what was handed to them on a plate, and um, and that's true to an extent, but. They've they've also very good work ethic. Aiden himself, like he wasn't really handed anything, and uh, what Leo talks about there, if you're on the gallops, it is absolutely extraordinary. Because like, say if they say if there are 150 200 horses riding out, a load of them are by Galileo. A load of them look extremely alike, like <laughs> extremely alike. And I'm not on about Aiden's like knowing the name of every work rider. Um, which itself is kind of it's it's actually hard to observe like and 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 take in. It, it almost looks like it's it's a set, but it isn't. He's just like he speaks to everyone. He's very mannerly. And then you look at the work riders, and they're like former champion jockeys, nearly riding out, like for extremely good work riders, like the the best jockeys that uh, some really good national hunt jockeys riding out there now. Some ex jockeys like riding out there, um, uh, who are still quite young, extremely good. And then this knowledge of all the horses. And when I was there the other day. Um, was there like a couple of weeks ago and as every horse was passing there was a a little speedometer on the gallops and it was clocking the times and um, we were asking him like that definitely wasn't there the last time I was there and he said it was well Dunnock and Joseph um, actually advised me to do that and then sometimes you're wondering like is a dad bigging up his sons but I do get the impression that He's not too arrogant to say that I've all this figured out because you're always learning as a trainer. You're literally always learning, and even racing's evolving as well. And uh, I think he's, I think he's not too arrogant to say Joseph's going to teach me something here, or somebody else will teach me something. And uh, that's the thing, like Aiden or sorry Leo goes on about um, Jurgen Klopp. The really good football managers have to evolve. I think the trainers do as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that evolution. Before I get there, the. To,
2: to be handed the the keys to the Vincent O'Brien stable what kind of pressure would have been on him uh, to deliver early on in that career because you know it, as we've talked about it's a big decision bit left field from John Magner to decide right this is where my future is and to hitch his his wagon uh, to the Aidan O'Brien stable what kind of pressure was on him
0: oh it's it's a huge, I mean, it was a huge pressure because obviously you're dealing with the best bloodstock in the world. Um, I mean, the racing is that, you know, sort of the, the um, stage of, on which, you know, we see the, the fruits of the labour, of the breeding industry here in Ireland, which is a massive industry. I mean, one of the biggest farming sectors, uh, you know, and it's an international business. As of course, Coolmore have huge interests in Australia and and the United States as well. But you know, this is about making stallions uh, stallions that generate a lot of money, but money that then is clawed back into the business to keep it going, to employ lots of people. Um, you know, and I suppose one of the things that has evolved again over the years and it has been a change is, you know, not only developing um, the, the really top class stallions, but developing the really top class race mares. Because, you know, when you think about magical minding, um, uh, you know, and mares like that, love, They. this has been a kind of pretty new in this, the time that uh, Aiden has been there. And, you know, again, that feeds back into the breeding industry. Um, because obviously they've you know been up recently uh, the, you're so sort of trailing a uh, giant causeway sister who's now bred four group one winners it's it's a it's a big factory a big machine behind it um but the the, the roots of it are seen when it gets raised
2: and it, that's the bit I think that um is kind of most fascinating when you understand it for the first time it's like uh without the wins then the horse's value decreases really rapidly. If you're if you're not winning, and if the offspring aren't continuously winning, then the value of the horses that stand as stood or or that are covered decreases, not quite exponentially, but it's like uh, you know really rapidly. So the pressure never ends. You start winning, and you're like, oh, great, we I got mean- there. But then literally, it never ends.
0: Absolutely. I mean, breeding is a very fashionable thing. I mean, horses come out of favour very quickly, and you know uh, they 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 have a very short period of time at stud before they have to sort of prove themselves. And if if they haven't done so pretty rapidly, uh, you know, breeders, commercial breeders, then refuse to use them. And you know, the reality is that most stallion uh, careers. Uh, Overall, end in a degree of failure because mm. they don't live up to the the hype, um, and they don't live up to expectations. But I, the reality, you know, the, the other side of that, of course, is that you know you go down and look through a list of the horses that Aidan has trained over the years and see all the great sires as well that he's produced. So it's it's a very very slick machine. Um, as I say, he has the he has the uh, the, the um, Ammunition for sure, but then you've got to formulate it. You've got to bring it together. You've got to make it into a winning team. And uh, you know, I know it's a football fan and a very nervous football fan, being a Manchester City supporter this weekend. But you know, you can spend an awful lot of money on what you think is the best player around, and you know, then watches they don't deliver, and uh, that's very hard to do. And I'm sure it's just as difficult to do for that the, the Coolmore organisation as well.
3: Yeah and um the, the whole the whole story of this is is goes back to Vincent O'Brien basically and it's incredibly key to to recall that Vincent O'Brien essentially put in stone that Stallion line that ended up with Sadler as well as in Galileo and bringing Northern Dancer's progeny to Europe and and this was kind of one of these sliding doors moment again Vincent O'Brien in terms of whatever you want to call a genius was definitely saw things differently and again self-made amazing man before his time so he ended up, like well Wells ended up coming because of Vincent's foresight. well Wells then was obviously an amazing stallion. But Galileo, like what, Galileo died last year. Like it was year after year after year after year of, you can get like... F- Frankel was a better racehorse than Galileo without a shadow of a doubt but he probably won't be as good a stallion because there's more to it than that you just have to have this like toughness in your genes and I can literally count on one hand of all the hundreds of horses that Galileo has sired like how many of them are ungenuine or quirky it's just so like that's if you can merge talent um, a really good trainer and that innate toughness and will to win so Aiden was really really fortunate to have the offspring of Galileo and I think if if whenever Aiden goes on to the next word and people write um you know about his life, they'll say that he and Galileo were came around at the same time and were perfect for each other. And I asked him during the week, like Galileo is now passed on, and obviously his progeny are still producing stock, but it'll be very very interesting because th- this is a sea change, and you see now a lot of the other stallions coming through. But Galileo's uh, influence will be on the wane from now on. So to go back to that Sadler's Wells actually Galileo comes from Sadler's Wells. Sadler's Wells yeah Sadler Galileo comes from Sadler's Wells. Yeah so and and that that would have been like Vincent went over Leo can probably tell this better than me. Vincent went over they went over to him and whoever it was, Robert Sangster or whatever at the time, went over to well, see... No, they went,
0: they went back to the time, yeah, he went to Winfield Farms in, yeah. in, in, in Canada, in fact, to and saw this horse. And, uh, yeah, there was a bit of a story about whether the horse was, you know, he was small, he wasn't very big. And, he was there he to was,
3: see another horse, which he didn't like. And then, yeah. essentially, and was, the if story goes... horse, that's yeah.
0: yes, correct. And uh, he didn't like him, but he saw this horse and then people were thinking, why do you want this pony, we'll say in inverted commas but of course it turned out to be Northern Dancer he just uh, saw
3: something and that you can't uh, you can't like explain that stuff he saw something and Vince O'Brien would look at a horse's head before he'd do anything and he'd you know this is stuff that I'll never understand or whatever and Northern Dancer produced Sadler as well Sadler as well as produced Galileo Galileo produced Frankel Frankel is going to produce something amazing as well I don't know Leo like if Galileo and, and Aiden, is, Aiden would have been an amazing trainer full stop there's no way he would have won anywhere near as many derbies for example if he didn't have Galileo
0: Oh sure, I mean Galileo was well, it was a one-off. I mean, you, you know there are lefty Bobby as well, who's an exception. Sorry, you have. You get these horses that you know, no more than the trainers. These horses uh, ascend into sort of a, a kind of a daisy as well, mm. um, and you know, it's it's an interesting time, I think, Dan, uh, as well, because obviously, you know, the the Coolmore organisation have a lot of Galileo mayors. so you can even see now where they're going outside a little bit more. Yeah. And you're getting Seoni lines in and you're, even Dubai. Yeah, and you know, they're, they're so that's it. That's but this is the part of the evolving thoroughbred i suppose and hmm. you know it's, it's fascinating that you're talking there as well i mean vincent o'brien had a lot more success in national hunt terms obviously than than uh, than aiden because that's what he started out with and he was winning gold cups and ran nationals but you know don't don't forget as well aiden trained one of the greatest hurdlers of all time mr brack and um, so it but you know i think that maybe coming from that natural hunt background as well is a help because i think you get to probably know horses a little bit better because they take a little bit more time and so as part of the training process you know it, it's it, it i think it's good but you can see the similarities between Vincent O'Brien and Aidan O'Brien who hasten to add no relation just have the same surname Mm. but there's quite a lot that that, uh, mirrors each other and of course you cannot ever forget and Aidan would be the first to admit it I mean Vincent O'Brien trained at a time when I don't think he ever had more than 50, 60, 70 horses maybe at the most in Ballydoyle and to do what he did with those numbers of horses was you know even Aiden would be taking
3: people. nothing is happening to, to Vincent on that. It, it it was intriguing the 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 visit the other day because Luxembourg had just been ruled out of the Derby. I I get the impression that Aiden's Derby horses this year they're they're all right but they're not amazing. And look, he said basically he said Luxembourg was no doubt was the best of them and he's he's ruled out and. um like he had run in the Guinea's, run really well. And then I can't I can't remember the extent of the injury exactly, but it'll be out for a while anyway. But he, he was like, we were, you know, journalists were like, What 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 was your reaction to that? And he said, Ah, it's just whatever, it is what it is. What's the point getting worried about that? Like you just get on with it. And they almost seen this. I know I mean Aiden once I, I asked him after it was at the Guinea's weekend at the Cora. I can't remember who won the Guineas, but he also saddled the third, right? And so we were like, Oh, it could have been when was it maybe power anyway so it was like, yada, yada, um, and um, I said, oh, what did you make of your man's running third or whatever? And he said, oh, was he third, was he? So Aidan O'Brien had just trained the third in the Irish Guineas, a classic, and he didn't even understand five minutes after the race. He didn't, that's how. That's the depth that he has. He just saddled a horse to finish third in the Guineas, which would be a lifetime achievement for anyone, and he didn't even know it at the time. Um, and that that was what was interesting. I think over time, he, he probably has maybe, he probably has to reflect on things like, When his daughter Anna had that horrific, horrific fall in Killarney, you do wonder, like, things like that. Losing his brother-in-law, Pat Smullen, um, it it probably does give a little bit of perspective in time. And when you lose a horse for a few months who's favoured for the Derby, it's interesting. He was just like, whatever, it is what it is. And I think that might have changed a bit over time. Yeah.
0: I think the other thing as well I would say probably, I mean, his personal observance would be, I mean, he's a man with no ego at all. Yeah. you know he is I mean a humble man but in the sense that he doesn't
3: have an ego he has literally never ever ever and I can think of other trainers who could be the polar opposite here uh, in Ireland he has literally never in front of me ever praised himself for anything nothing he's never said <laughs> that was me fair play to me I did well there Which he's never no, ever I mean, ever given himself deflects, a word of praise he deflects and he deflects
0: the success uh, to the team and the, you know and but that, you know again that's part of the success story that I think he it built is. a team of people around him uh you know Pat Keatings and all these people who are there uh, you know and are incredibly loyal to him I mean everybody that's down there has been there forever and ever and ever and you know that again is testament to him um he has a word for everybody he is as you said earlier I think he's an incredibly
3: polite man I'd say um, he's stern like he's I think there's a steel there that you don't necessarily see and I, I wouldn't like to sort of work for him and let him down put it that way but everything Leo says there like I think that that is ultimately one of the parts he, of his success he does not this is a team thing and as much as like you know he'll get mocked for thanking all these workers at home who looked after the horse partly that's because staff aren't that easy to find in Ireland and partly that's because he actually means it yeah,
2: um, you know yeah. and, and it never comes across is here at all Yeah. Uh, so we, we've talked about the, the work ethic and we've talked about being fortunate enough to um, benefit from the quality of horses that were coming through but also being genius enough to be able to make sure that those horses reach their full potential that ruthlessness is there, is there a ruthlessness in, in terms of picking races and, and or is, there, is there another element to this that maybe we just haven't f- touched on before we wrap it up is that like you've got to make sure that you know when to enter horses when to run them when not to run them and like, that's the other side of this business that always seems a little bit like alchemy to me, where uh, a trainer gets a horse ready for a race from six months in advance because they've thought yeah. like there are going to be certain peaks of fitness that I know the horse is going to have to hit markers along the way. And then they'll be able to beat every other horse in the world at that precise moment in time.
0: Yeah, look at the, the fact, I suppose the, 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 the secret in that one is knowing your horse and knowing when they're ready, when they're ready to peak. Um, and you know as I say he knows the horses you won't find you won't find Aidan in the the bar after the races at the weekend he'll be you know within an hour or two he'll be back down in Barry Doyle and he'll be checking them all out so he knows those horses inside out Um, I suppose in some ways you'd argue it may be a little bit easier for him because all the time you're aiming for the big you know what I mean um, it's not like a trainer who's maybe a smaller trainer who you know their big day might be winning a handicap at Killarney and having a horse ready for that or whatever Aidan's horses are ready all the time they're ready to go um, at, you know the two year olds this weekend at the Curragh as well um, you know from the Marble Hill Stakes and producing, trying to produce these horses as, as two year Um it, yeah, he's you're always aiming for the big prize. I think that the, the secret after that is knowing when they're fit, knowing when they're ready to race. And um, you know, and as I say, he's he's fortunate to have uh, you know, the backups there. I mean, he's you know, he's a five-run or two-run race for Group 3 tomorrow. He has two of the five. He's having to take himself on at this stage. But look at, he's, as I say, yes, he's ruthless in the sense of obviously wanting to to win all these races. But I suppose ruthless is one of those terms that's misinterpreted these days. Totally. Another impression.
2: Yeah. Last question for you then. 25 years since he won his, his first classic is there another 25 years in this like you know, he's still a very young man so is there a point he's where
0: he's 52 like 52 years of age um he's certainly got a lot of time ahead of him still and you know as I said with 360 group one wins on the flat under his belt you know why not go for 500 at least Um I mean it is phenomenal to think of 500 group one wins okay. I can tell you that Top trainers in England and Ireland who've had hugely successful careers—if they had 20-25 Group One wins—they're still considered among the greats. Um, it's a—it's—it's mind—it's mind-boggling, to be honest. And
2: I lied. One last question. One last, last, last question. Uh, do we, as casual sports fans in Ireland, appreciate him enough? No,
3: I—I no, I don't. I don't think so at all. Um, over to you, Leo.
0: No, I think you, I would agree. I think that, uh, I think he's, uh, maybe it, his success is at such a level that I think people it's, people have come to maybe just accept it and expect it. Um, I personally, I don't. I just think his, his achievements are off the scale. Okay,
2: that's a fitting point. Leo, good stuff. Thanks a million for joining us today
0: my pleasure guys thanks it's
2: Leo Powell there Managing Editor of the Irish Field this is Friday Night Racing on Off the Ball brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland love every racing moment visit hri.ie or you can follow the Twitter account at hri racing we're going to be back and we'll preview the weekend's action at the current next
1: Friday Night Racing on Off the Ball and off. brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland love every racing moment visit hri.ie Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland Love every racing moment Visit hri.ie
2: Alright, it's Friday Night Racing It's uh, Ger and Johnny with you every Friday afternoon around about 3 o'clock across OTB social channels and then again on Off The Ball and news talk from 8 o'clock every Friday night um, Is there anything else you want to add to that?
3: I think what we maybe didn't touch on uh, was, um, you know, he's had four kids and uh, I imagine he's getting extreme, you know, delighted from what they've been doing and God knows where Joseph's going to end up. he's But like genuinely, fair enough, Joseph has had opportunities in life that other young trainers didn't, did O'Donoghue and so forth. But Joseph's breaking the mould with some of the stuff he's doing as well, um, winning Melbourne Cups with three-year-olds and... Um, Dunnock a smaller operation and obviously has been given a bit of a head start but is also doing very well there are two really good riders as well Um, I think his kids are um, you know they're very good kind of ambassadors for the family as well in terms of what they've done and I think he's very happy in life now to see that legacy and what the kids are doing so I think if he doesn't win the race and he does say this if he doesn't win it I want them to win um, and you'd be no different I think you'd want your son to win and you know it, you do take it for granted and racing is a small enough kind of small enough world even within sport but it's it's insane what he's achieved and Jim Boulder um, is 80 odd I don't sorry Jim if I got that wrong Kevin Prendergast is near to 90 Kevin Prendergast smoked I think until he was 50 and his father on his deathbed told him to stop so he did so Aiden never smoked Uh, T-Total I think yeah I can't see why he can't go on for another 40 years really why not yeah okay right it's a
2: chilling thought for all the other trainers out there the Tote 10 to follow for the flat season will open for entries this Monday the 23rd at 11am on Tote.ie both free and paid games are available with a guaranteed minimum prize of 20 grand for the winner of the paid game for full details including the scoring system list of bonus point races and how to use the smart pick algorithm to aid with your selections visit tote.ie right, right. talk to us about the guineas this weekend it's a you're saying a three day festival
3: yeah the, so the Curra starts this evening and um, it's a really big weekend for the Curra because it's been a, you know it's been a difficult time for it with this and that Covid and little issues with the the grandstand and so on and Brian Kavanagh's at the hell now so um, this will be his first Classic with fans there, so like you're hoping that that people uh, turn up. And the Guineas tomorrow is kind of kind of hard to know what to make of it as a race because Native Trail is coming over, having finished uh, fight for second in the Guineas um, at Newmarket and has outstanding two year old of his generation. Um, at two to five now. I'd probably I just I I uh, he should win, but I wouldn't be bothering with him at two to five. And Buckaroo it's mad. I got a tip for Buckaroo first time out when he finished third in Killarney, and he was a bigger price for that race than he is for the Guineas tomorrow. And um, but he finished third to Pisbadil this is in Killarney, like finished third pisbadil, who was trained by Dunaka Joseph's brother, who's like the best horse he's ever had, who's well fancied for the Derby. So it just goes to show you um the the quality of these country maidens at times. But Buckaroo bolted up the last day. Mile is no problem to him. Probably back him each way if I were to have a bet in the race. But it's 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 tricky. And uh, that's the, the the Guineas tomorrow And then Tuesday runs in the Guineas She was third in Newmarket She should take a lot of beating on Sunday I would have thought So the 2,000 is tomorrow 2,000 tomorrow And the 1,000 on Sunday um, Also have the Tattersalls Gold Cup um, And Weather's been a bit mad I think the ground will be kind of I think it'll be scattered showers But I don't think the ground will be a big problem Homeless songs as well For Dermot Weld in the Guineas Against Tuesday Interesting to see He's had a quiet season so far Dermot Weld I think he's had four winners She was one of them and um, she's by Franklin. She was very good at Leopardstown. She she definitely comes into it as well. All right. Um, where did the Guineas horses go over the course of the rest of the season? Yeah, like, so they could obviously rock up in the St. James's Palace um, as Roy Lascott. And then um, you have Glorious Goodwood as well. And then maybe step up and trip for the Champion stakes later on in the season. Um, I think that's the thing with, with Aiden, He's like, a lot of his sort of um, the, the Godolphin are probably getting a bit of an upper hand in, in these mile races to an extent, and obviously showed that in the in the Guinea's new market. But um, I don't think these are brilliant crop in general. The the the, the crop we have here. Um, but they'll some of them might may step up and trip for the Champion Stakes later on in the season. I don't think this is a great crop of three year olds um, personally, but we'll see if might have an outstanding performance. Maybe Native Trail wins by ten lengths, but he was already beaten a new market. Um, and does do horses progress over the? Course of a season, at yeah, yeah. Like Annie the Galileo, like as as was pointed out, uh, two of Aiden's main Derby contenders didn't even win as a two-year-old, and he's like, "Well, we didn't." we didn't need them to win as a two-year-old really and he trains Galileo a bit differently so their progress, and they should Pro- probably a lot of them for distance indeed Tuesday could end up running in the Oaks at e- Epsom having run a- over a mile here which would be very interesting I always find that really fascinating to train a horse for a mile classic and then to go to the Oaks over 50% further in distance in no time at all I think that's Jim Bulger would do it but it's not easy so the it's not that
2: anybody's treating this as like a prep race it's like to see if they can win over this distance yeah. and then you push them to see if they can win over that
3: distance
1: yeah
2: too.
3: and that I mean that's a amazing versatility um, obviously Minding did it but it's amazing versatility to be able to have the pace for a mile and then to settle and yet win at Epsom which is a basket case of a track in, 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 as well as that um, I'm not saying it'll happen but I believe that's the plan I, I just prefer to back Tuesday to win on Sunday I think she's a great chance and what kind of price 94 okay so yeah. uh, acceptable acceptable price and um, the undercard as well is fascinating like I think obviously as Leo said there Aiden has horses running against each other in the two year old races um, you have Broom taking on um, Max Sweeney who we mentioned obviously winning the Guineas this time last year in high definition in what isn't and Lord North in the in the Tattersalls Gold Cup which will be very interesting so Frankie de Tory coming over as well so cracking weekend of racing and yeah uh, yeah if you haven't been to the car in a while I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the really really top class facilities like it's the, the only true modern racetrack in Ireland I think
2: alright well enjoy it if you're going and if you are make sure you check out hri.ie in advance Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball is brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland love every racing moment that's this week's show in the books we'll see you next week take care
1: Friday Night Racing on
2: Off The Ball
1: and they're off. brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland love every racing moment visit hri.ie